0: shared his comedy for years now you'll hear it here it's the rob carson show
1: hey hey how you doing there how was your weekend did you have a good weekend i had a good weekend yeah did a lot of stuff on the honeydew list watched a lot of tv and uh watched this new movie i'll get to later it had uh who the hell it had i don't know it was a My wife and I watched it last night. I'll get into it uh, very shortly. It was a woke movie, and uh, it was so terrible uh, that uh, literally we kind of sat there, and were polite to one another till toward the end of the movie, and finally I just collapsed and said, I can't watch this anymore. It's so ungodly terrible. Uh, I'll get to that uh, very shortly on the show. But a lot of things, you know, it's kind of weird how how, uh, uh, when things change, they become conspicuously absent from the news media. And from uh, social media and this happens for a reason for instance uh, where I live right now last week it was hot and dry and I live in the middle of uh, of America in uh, Kansas area right near Kansas City right so uh, it was hot and dry and the weird thing is um, that happens every summer here yeah pretty much it's hot and dry here in fact uh, a good part of America is hot and dry during the summer. It's very, very rarely hot and wet. It's more hot and dry. It always has been. And you get just enough rain, you know, generally, to uh, make the crops grow and all that. And every once in a while, there's a year where they don't get the rain they need for the crops. And it it happens. It's not global warming. Otherwise, honestly, this would have started years ago. We wouldn't have any corn or wheat or anything growing at all if the world was uh, falling apart like the Democrats like to say it is. But this week, oddly enough, today it is a little cooler and it's been raining. So obviously, that is uh, surely some sort of evidence of climate change, and the polar ice caps are melting. Clearly, the polar ice caps are melting, and that uh, that uh, extra water is going up into the clouds, and it's coming here, and and it can only portend uh, a, a desperate things that are going to happen, including massive flooding. That's the way. So we got to stop driving cars, I guess. So, you know, that's one observation I made this week is that yesterday it was uh, hot and dry. Today it is cooler and wet. So that is obviously a climate change and you need to stop driving your car. Or maybe it's just what happens. Another thing that is conspicuously uh, absent this week is uh, all the stories about Europe being on fire. Last week it was hot and dry in Europe, and then uh, today we're not seeing a whole bunch of stuff on uh, the, uh, you know, it's like God taking a microscope scope, like in uh, Bruce Almighty and pointing it at Earth into one place that gets really hot, and then, of course, the left immediately says, oh, my God, it means the whole world is collapsing when the rest of the world isn't hot and dry. If the whole world were hot and dry, then we'd have a problem. But it's not generally that way because there's this big uh, ball of uh, helium in the sky 93 million miles away. And it, and it exerts enormous amounts of uh, energy that comes here. And our planet kind of deals with it in its elliptical orbit and all that. And some days it's hot and some days it's cold and some days it's hot and some days it's not. And all that stuff. It's, it's funny. It's funny. And, and oddly enough, uh, life has kind of existed on this planet for billions of years, I guess. And uh, suddenly, for some uh, for some inane reason... Everything's changing because, you know, somebody drives a car. Another thing that's uh, conspicuously absent this summer for media coverage is Joe Biden's obsession with ice cream. If you notice that, nobody gives a rat's behind what uh, Joe Biden's eating as far as ice cream is concerned. Last year at this time, my God, it was the dear leader has chosen a flavor. We must all eat the same flavor because our dear leader likes chocolate, chocolate chip or whatever the hell he likes. This summer, we've got people getting their, their selfies taken, at Brandon Falls, which is in Delaware, which is when Joe Biden fell off his bike.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so no more ice cream videos. The, the dear leader uh, does, not, uh, does not garner the attention he did last year, and nobody gives a rat's behind about it another thing that 's kind of missing i don 't know if you notice this this is not really political, although I did hear that the uh, the mainstream media and big social media were going after abortion disinformation, which means they literally are going after uh, these uh, pro life uh, abortion crisis centers around the country. These uh, these uh, pregnancy crisis centers around the country because the Democrat Party is evil, and they want to go after uh, organizations that help women in a crisis pregnancy. And and Liz Warren wants to shut them down. These people are evil, really, really freaking evil. And so I noticed this summer. Remember last summer, and like summers past, they had all these uh, uh, you know these announcement videos of uh, people announcing the sex of their baby remember that and they, they, they you pop a balloon and the blue powder would come out of it and then the red powder would come out of it, or the pink powder would come out of it the pink powder meant uh, girl I guess and the uh, or at least uh, uh, born as a female at birth you know it doesn't really say what kind of sex you are it's just you know whatever anyway so uh, you had the uh, the two different balloons you had the uh, the blue one which meant boy and the pink one meant girl. So it means a couple of things, either that uh, the radical left has said that you can't announce a child's sex. Oh, they always say it's a sex assigned at birth, right? This is the sex assigned at birth because some doctor, <laughs> doctor, doctor looked down and saw a penis on one of the babies and said, oh, that's a boy. And, you know, there you go. Uh, just assigning a sex at birth. You should have your medical license taken away. Or, you know, you pop the baby, comes out head first. You know, you usually want that, the head first. And then you look down, oh, there's a vagina. Oh okay, well, that looks like a girl. Oh, you sexist, you doctor, you're terrible. You assign birth, you assign sex at birth, you would clearly need to have your medical license taken away. So maybe that uh, parents are being shamed into not announcing the sex of their child because for some reason the world has gone bat guano insane and you can't say that a pink uh, powder coming out of a balloon is for a girl or you cut a cake, you open a cake up and inside the cake there's a pink cake. That means girl, and there's the blue cake, which means boy. None of that happening this summer. But what I'm predicting is going to happen is that leftists, and this will probably be supported by big social media, leftists are going to come out of abortion clinics, and they're going to be carrying a balloon. And outside the abortion clinic, they're going to pop the balloon, and out's going to come a blue powder or pink powder, and it's going to be instead of uh, uh, the sex of the baby we're having, it's the sex of the baby we just aborted. So they, you know, they're so into abortion, they're so into uh, driving uh, pregnancy crisis centers out of business. This is the next thing. People will come out of abortion clinics and announce the uh, the sex of the baby they just murdered. I think that could be it. I, you know, I thought that sounds very terse. That sounds very callous. Well, yeah, you know, generally, generally, uh, you know, ending a child child pregnancy, ending ending a pregnancy, is a you know. It's nothing to be you know celebrated, but apparently that's where they, I think that's where we are next. I think that's what's going to happen next. So uh, no ice cream this summer for Joe Biden. Uh, you've got uh, no stories about the heat wave in Europe, which maybe ha- was a heat wave and is kind of uh, dissipating a little bit, or they might have gotten some rain, which didn't support their uh, you know. And and in the Midwest where I am, it's uh, raining today, and uh, and the heat wave is gone. And then of course you know I don't know these are the things I was thinking about this morning. As I was kind of going through everything, and I've got a lot of stuff to get to on the show, including uh, some things that I've been saying literally for years that uh, a lot of big conservative pundits and hosts and politicians are echoing today. Um, it's kind of funny that way. I, I have been talking for years about uh, the, uh, the left. Um, liberalism is uh, no longer liberalism. Liberalism doesn't mean open-minded. Uh, liberalism means left And we're going to get into a little bit on that. Uh, We're going to get to what happened at uh, Turning Point USA this weekend with regard to a straw poll about uh, Donald Trump and the other candidates who are uh, involved in this this, uh, coming election in 2024, I guess. And I have said that Donald Trump is going to be the candidate and that everybody else is running for vice president. Right now, uh, it looks like I'm absolutely right. So we're gonna we're gonna touch on that. Uh, we've got uh, oh oh the latest on the January sixth hearings on uh, on last week. The ratings are down down down. Got some great information from uh, Liz Cheney lying about uh, Donald Trump saying that he wanted to send uh, National Guard troops to the Capitol to protect the Capitol, and Liz Cheney uh, says that uh, Donald Trump never did that. Well, it was a lie. So we'll get into uh, that as the show progresses. Oh, and Americans don't want stupid electric cars. That's another thing. This weekend, uh, uh, Al Gore was back. Um, he's a billionaire because of climate change and uh, and parroting falsehoods about the last 50 years of climate uh, idiocy and panic, which has uh, told us that the Earth was freezing and then warming and then acid rain, and now it's just climate change, which would allow places like where I live, to be hot one day and uh, cool and wet the next day. And Al Gore says that's all because of climate change when it's absolutely natural. But we'll get to uh, Al Gore and and uh, the crumbling narrative with regard to uh, global climate change. Monkey pox today. Oh, I've got some news about COVID, uh, including Anthony Fauci finally admitting, yeah, it probably came from a lab in China that he probably funded and then we've got another, uh, uh, another official, Deborah Burke, saying that, uh, yeah, the vaccines never worked, which would explain why Joe Biden has, uh, has been double-vaxxed and double-boosted and managed to get uh, COVID. So uh, we got all of that. And I want to mention one other thing here in this, in this uh, first monologue. And trust me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie this all together. We'll tie this all together as the show progresses with lots of audio and commentary and, and comedy. But isn't it funny when prominent Democrats get COVID... It's always very mild symptoms. Have you noticed that? When when Joe Biden gets uh, COVID, it, it's always very mild symptoms. He's got some sniffles, you know. Whenever it's whoever, they that's got some sniffles. But when it's a Republican, you know, like the uh, what was the the, uh, the uh, uh, governor of West Virginia, we had him on the show, and he was like, "Man, I thought I was going to die," and and I've got a uh, my newly uh, found biological sister. Who I discovered because of uh, because of uh, DNA and uh, and the uh, you know that I found out that I have biological family and my biological sister sick as hell with COVID, but it's kind of funny Whenever Democrats get it, it's very mild. When everybody else gets it, it sucks. And I got to tell you, when I had it, it really sucked. Never thought I was going to die, but it really sucked. So all of that is on the, uh, on the plate today. It is a buffet, if you will. The number here 922 we We'll get things started right after this on The Rob Carson Show.
0: His first grade teacher said he talked out of turn worse after he's missed a day. Well, things haven't changed. It's the Rob Carson show.
1: Which would explain why I have so much to talk about today because I literally started my show prep on Friday. And uh, this weekend, by the way, Turning Point USA did they put together this uh, big uh, rock star conference over the weekend? I don't know if you knew about it, and uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. One of the things that uh, uh, you know, man, it would surprise uh, nobody if you're paying attention, but it would surprise uh, Larry Hogan. The uh, current governor of uh, of Maryland who's going to fade into oblivion until he gets hired by MSNBC like Michael Steele. Anyway, uh, but uh, Larry Hogan is convinced that uh, Donald Trump is done when he is absolutely wrong. And I want you to pay attention because you are, if you are a Trump supporter, it's going to get a lot worse. They're going to keep telling you that Donald Trump is done. Donald Trump is done. He is not done. Donald Trump will be the candidate in 2024, and everybody else is running for VP. That's what I said. I'm going to stick by it. Fox News is reporting that former President uh, Donald Trump dominated the polling at uh, TPUSA over three-quarters of the vote. Yeah, about 75%, no, 78% of uh, Turning Point USA people are saying that Donald Trump is the candidate they want to support. And I was talking to my, kid, my friend uh, Ken early this morning, he's my producer, and he goes, oh, well, it's because it was held in Florida. No, 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 nope, no, no, that's not the reason, not the reason. Uh, they have these conferences and people fly in from all over the country. It's not just for people in Florida. That said, 78% of those who were polled by Turning Point USA Student Action Summit by the way, young, young conservatives. Uh, and by the way, there were, there were people in Nazi garb outside. We'll get to who those people are. They're feds uh, very shortly on the show. But it looks like the, uh, that Donald Trump has dominated the poll by getting three-fourths of the vote. In second place, Ron DeSantis, 19%. 19% Ron DeSantis. You're thinking that Ron DeSantis is the dude. They're trying to make Ron DeSantis into the dude. Nothing against Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis would be the only candidate, I think, who could step in and become the president of the United States right now in a Trumpian fashion. The rest, not yet. You're not ready. You're still in the first trimester. You can't be aborted by the, by the Republican Party. So is Ron DeSantis, and then, uh, then Christy Nome came in third with 1%. Then after that, Mike Pompeo, Ted Cruz, Nikki Haley, and uh, Mike Pence. There you go. So Mike Pence, in the, and Mike Pence will never be the president of the United States. Mike Pence is one of those people. They had, they had some juxtaposition. I guess Mike Pence was in Florida speaking about something, whatever. Nobody cares because only rhinos care about Mike Pence. Only rhinos care about Liz Cheney. Only uh, people like uh, Larry Hogan care about either of them, and they're the candidates they're going to choose. As far as uh, when, they, when they gauged uh, who would be the most difficult Democrat to beat in 2024, they said uh, 30% said uh, Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom, no. Michelle Obama, 13%. Hillary Clinton, 10%. And then Bernie Sanders. What a, what a lineup they have, right? What a lineup they have. It's just Crazy. But you can try, there is an all-out war on Donald Trump, make no mistake about it. It starts with January 6th. They want to literally arrest him. They want to drum up something, anything they can to keep him from running again, which means they're terrified of him. And that's why when you see polls like at uh, Turning Point USA, young conservatives are still behind the old guy Donald Trump. Turning Point USA is young people, like 18 to 30 years old, 78% are saying Donald Trump. See, you can try this age game. You can try this what a Donald Trump is in the rearview of history. You're wrong. Because 70 million people feel, still think a wrong was done against Donald Trump in 2020, and it's not going away. You cannot just make it go away. You can, the fire will not be put out. The fire in the coal bunkers on the SS Titanic is still burning. That ship's going to go down. And these rhinos like Larry Hogan are going to go down with it. I've also got Ted Cruz uh, figuring out something that I have been saying since Joe Biden became the president. Let's go to Steve in Reisterstown, Maryland. Good morning, Steve, or good afternoon. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's up? Thanks for
3: taking my call. And I just want to make a quick point. Isn't it amazing that Democrats have no problem with climate change, even though we have 250,000 illegals coming in to eat our food, run our cars and drive up climate problems?
1: Oh, well, yeah, of course. They're, they're driving a, uh, a crisis by uh, the food chain crisis, the uh, the supply chain crisis, and then they're overwhelming the United States with millions of people, which will cause the crisis to deepen even more. This is part of the uh, the slash and burn that the Democrat Party wants to do before the election. Go ahead.
4: How, how many more
3: uh, hamburgers and cows do we need because you have a quarter million co- illegals that are counted that are coming across that are going to just destroy climate. It's just amazing to me and I really appreciate appreciate your program. Thank
1: you. Thank you, you, Steve. Yeah, This is selective outrage. Uh, They're bringing people across the uh, southern border for a variety of reasons. They originally, and this is called white replacement theory, even though nobody has ever uh, uh, subscribed to white replacement theory. This is a Democrat theory, which is bring enough poor and destitute people across the southern border. Promise them that they will get all sorts of government benefits and they will universally vote for Democrats. Well, what They're finding is that all these brown people that have come across the border are uh, catholic they're pro-life they're pro-god and uh, when they get across the border they go huh there isn't anything here Uh, we're going to food uh, shelters in uh, in dc and new york city we're being turned away Uh, and also the party that wants us to vote for them doesn't believe in god and wants to kill babies before they're born so that's kind of backfiring. So now they're just trying to flood as many people in here as possible to, uh, over, uh, to, to basically do a clouded pivot and, and collapse the system, collapse the economy, collapse everything. And by the way, there are uh, container ships off the West Coast again because of a strike. And the Democrat Party's going, yay, yay. Here's, uh, here's what Ted Cruz said. This is what I said about Joe Biden. I've been saying it for at least a year. Everything that he touches is the is the, uh, is the opposite of the Midas touch. It's the crap touch. Crap touch. And it's very easy to uh, see that everything he turns turns to crap. Well, here's what uh, Ted Cruz said at TPUSA this weekend.
3: Every single thing they touch goes to crap.
1: Okay, there you go. So uh, that's uh, intentional or, uh, or not? Not sure. But it is certainly being uh, noticed.
3: Every single thing they touch goes to crap.
1: Absolutely. And and you kind of got to wonder if this is by design. Because you and I look at what's going on in the country, and that's easy to fix. That's easy to fix. Supply chain's easy to fix. There are truckers striking on the West Coast because they don't want to have to work full-time. They'd rather be, you know, independent contractors, not be forced into a union. All that Democrats have to do is say, okay, that's cool. And supply chain fixed. All right? All we have to do as far as bringing down the price of oil, just open up exploration and drilling on our land. That's all you got to do. But they'd rather turn it to crap. I got a lot of stuff coming from TPUSA. And also, uh, what's happening in the country politically, I've been saying for years, finally being recognized on national media by conservatives. Stick around. But Turning Point USA had a, a big convention this weekend in Florida. 78% of attendees uh, in the uh, P- the uh, Turning Point USA Student Action Summit say they're going to vote for Donald Trump. He's the guy. Yeah, young people, young conservatives are saying they're going to vote. For the old guys, so don't listen to people like Larry Hogan, the uh, the uh, soon to be former governor of the state of uh, Maryland, who, by the way, uh, will nearly be or just uh, certainly be an MSNBC host. He'll never be the president. This is kind of interesting. The GOP now holds a ten point advantage over Democrats in the upcoming congressional elections, according to a new poll. It's, it's higher than that, by the way. Rasmussen, a uh, right-leaning pollster, sure, released a survey Friday that found when likely voters were given the generic choice of voting either Republican or Democrat, 49% of respondents op- opted for the GOP candidate compared to just 39% who indicated they would go to the, with the Democrat. And I have said that uh, a lot of people are moving away from the Democrat Party because of all the nonsense. And if you think that if 80 to 85% of the American people feel that the country is going in the wrong direction, that means a whole lot of Democrats are saying that they don't agree with Joe Biden, and they don't agree with the lurch left by the Democrat Party. Now, I'm going to get into this very shortly because Ben Dominich was on uh, with Mark Levin last night, and he actually parroted some things I've said about the Democrat Party right now and the last 30 years. And I've been right about it. And finally, this is starting to be echoed around the uh, conservative blogosphere. This is Ted Cruz, by the way, this weekend. He also said that everything that uh, Joe Biden turns to crap. Here is Ted Cruz talking to Turning Point USA this weekend.
3: To bring a word of hope, the first thing I want to say is America is in crisis. This is not normal. We have a president who shakes hands with the empty air.
1: This is why 80% of Americans are saying the, c- the country is going in the wrong direction. One of the many reasons.
3: We have a president who talks to the Easter Bunny. Between Biden and Harris and Pelosi and Schumer, the Democratic Party has lost its mind.
1: <laughs> yes, it actually most people think this that's why that's why you now have a Republican governor and AG and and a vice governor I guess i am losing it. a vice governor in, in Virginia It
3: is incredible how the lieutenant governor the White House has managed <laughs> to get everything wrong. That's impressive. You would think if they rolled the dice just by accident they'd get something right. Every single thing they touch goes to crap.
1: Boom. Thank you very much. Crap touch.
3: We've got prices skyrocketing, inflation is out of control, yeah. food is skyrocketing.
1: By the way, get ready for some really bad news this week with regard to inflation and a recession. You're going to see all sorts of attempted cover this week, including by people like Janet Yellen, which I'll share very shortly. Uh, there is some very bad news for the economy coming this week. Be ready for it.
3: Electricity is skyrocketing, health care is skyrocketing, it is so bad Tifa can't afford bricks.
1: that's true that's absolutely true it's kind of funny and again you know what Antifa's trying to set fire to the country uh the left is trying to set fire to the country but this year their matches are wet yeah and you want to know something very interesting you've got this uh this january sixth committee going on uh donald trump had been impeached twice donald trump was impeached after he left office uh with the charge that he incited some sort of riot he didn't it's a lie But Donald Trump made a very uh, interesting point this weekend. He talked to TPUSA. He did a video. uh, No, actually, he was in Arizona. Here is uh, Donald Trump talking about January 6th, about all of the attacks on him that are going on right now. Why are they happening? Why are they happening? It is not about what he did. It is about what he plans on doing. If I renounced
5: my beliefs... And if I agreed to stay silent, and if I stayed home and took it easy, if I announced that I was not going to run any longer for political office, the persecution of Donald Trump would immediately stop. It has
1: nothing to do with what Donald Trump did. It has everything to do with what he is going to do, and that is to run again.
5: They would go on to the next victim. But... That's not what I do. I can't do that.
1: that. (laughs) He had a great rally, by the way, in Arizona on Friday. Had uh, Carrie Lake there. They're doing everything they can to destroy Carrie Lake, but I hope she wins. And here is uh, Donald Trump talking about the possibility of running again. This will, of course, mirror what happened at Turning Point USA, where 78% of young people say they're going to vote for Donald Trump, and Ron DeSantis comes in second, running for vice president at 19%
5: and in many ways and i can say that truly in your state in many ways the rhinos are worse than the democrats let me tell you that i ran twice i won twice and did much better the second time than i did the first getting millions more votes
1: yeah but joe biden got 81 million votes and uh, that kind of tailed off pretty quick didn't it
5: 2020 all that
1: support all those 81 million people
5: in 2016, and likewise getting more votes than any sitting president In the history of our country by far.
1: Yeah, but an 81-year-old brain-addled bureaucrat who's been in Washington, D.C. for 50 years beat uh, Barack Obama. Weird.
5: And now we may have to do it again. There you
1: go. There you go. He is absolutely right. If he renounced running again. If he were just going to fade into the, uh, uh, into the speaking circuit, none of this would be happening. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Donald Trump has promised that he will fire tens of thousands of civil servants if and when he runs in 2024. He is going to purge the deep state. This is great news, by the way. <clears throat> and I'm going to tell you. Going into the midterms, uh, the American people, and I'm not just talking exclusively Republicans, mostly Republicans, are going to want payback for all of this nonsense. And we are going to hold people like Jim Jordan accountable and say that we are going to go after those who persecuted us. One of the things they need to do is they need to wholesale fire a whole lot of people, I've said this, from the DHS, the HHS, the FBI. I could go on and on, but he is, the Donald Trump is saying that he will fire as many as 50,000 government workers who could find themselves uh, on the chopping block, uh, tens of thousands of civil servants who uh, typically have apolitical roles. He would clean house, have uh, mid-level staffers in Pentagon, Justice Department, State Department, and beyond, and bring in thoroughly vetted candidates who are found to be more easily, closely aligned to America First agenda, which means, oh, you know, uh, being on the side of America and not just yourself. Uh, After interviews with over a dozen Trump world insiders, uh, it looks like that uh, Trump is planning to use an executive order called Schedule F, which he issued in October 2020, and Biden later rescinded. The order would reclassify tens of thousands of civil servants who were deemed to have some influence over policy as Schedule F employees, which would strip them of their employment protections. New presidents typically replace about 4,000 political appointees in and uh, to align the agencies with the new agenda. But below them are massive amounts of federal workers who have strong employment protections and typically continue their role from one administration to the f to the next. Which means that Donald Trump's going to move in and he's going to say, "All of you people who have been ingrained in this system, who are only fighting for yourself to enrich yourself, you are going to be on your own and you are going to be judged on your merits, not just." who you vote for, and the fact that you are an entrenched bureaucrat Democrat. That's good news. That's good news. Here's another kind of interesting headline from the weekend. New York Times columnist Brett Stevens offered readers a mea culpa this week involving former President Donald Trump. That has really enraged a lot of people. Now this uh, this leftist this Brett Stevens uh, a couple years ago back in 2015 uh, said that the worst line that he ever wrote was this he said if by now you don't find Donald Trump appalling you're appalling he said that the the broad swipe at his voters caricatured them and blinkered me he's saying that he was wrong. Stevens then pinpointed one of the central reasons uh, Trump won in the 2016 presidential election why so many Americans still support him. Trump supporters viewed him as the antithesis to elitism, which for years has been forcing its agenda on average Americans. I go back to this story that I just said. These are people in government who have been guiding policy away from the American people, only protecting itself, the 50,000 employees that I've been talking about. Trump supporters view him as the antithesis to elitism, which has for years been forcing its agenda onto average Americans. That's what I said. Donald Trump is there to clean house. Donald Trump is our hero. The reason why we consider him a hero, and I'm not saying he's the only reason we vote. We dislike his agenda. We want him to do what I just said, which is to clean house. Back to uh, uh, this guy, the New York Times, Brett Stevens. Uh, I could have thought a little harder about the fact that in my dripping condescension towards his supporters, I was also confirming their suspicions about people like me. People who talked a a good game about virtues of empathy but practice it only selectively. People unscathed by the country's problem yet unembarrassed to profound profound solutions. Uh, Like, for instance, Pete Buttigieg. You know, they, they practice the, uh, the virtues of empathy, but don't practice it. Meaning that, you know, entrenched bureaucrats live high on the hog while you and I, you know, go to the grocery store. We can't afford to eat anymore. And people like Pete Buttigieg say you need to get an electric car. And honestly, the great thing about electric cars is that uh, he says that, uh, uh, that more and more people are going to be uh, able to afford them only if they're really wealthy. Back to the article by the New York Times, I also could have uh, given Trump supporters more credit for nuance, because everybody thinks we're muck-duckle-dragging morons. Well, no, we're not. We just support the, uh, the founding of the country, and we want everybody to be free. For every in-your-face MAGA warrior, there were plenty of ambivalent Trump supporters, doubtful of his ability and dismayed by his manner, who were willing to take their chances on him because he had the nerve to defy deeply flawed conventional pieties, which means... And this is something I've been thinking about this weekend. We are kind of in a similar scenario that we were when, uh, when uh, Ronald Reagan went to Washington D.C. There were the elites. There were the country club Republicans. They were run by uh, you know the Bushes among others. And uh, uh, well, although the, you know, Bush was uh, his VP, but but certainly represented. But they were country club Republicans who were kind of running the show. And uh, Ronald Reagan was different. Ronald Reagan represented you and me. We're in that same scenario. Except for now we've got Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and others and and, uh, and Mike Pence. They think they're running the show, but they're really even more out of touch than the, the country Republicans of around 1979-1980. And the rabble's mad. And the rabble is angry, and the rabble will not be stopped. But it, we are in a similar situation. But it's different because where Ronald Reagan... May have been able to sit down with his opposition at the table that's not a possibility anymore and and something that's even a little bit more different is that uh, we the rabble of the Republican party, who are not the country club elitists but working Republicans who are beginning to garner more and more support from people of color and women we are different than What happened in 1980? I'll get to more of this and and your thoughts as well. Also, some audio from Larry Hogan. And then I've got some, uh, some things that I have told you about on this show and I've been talking about for years that are finally reaching mainstream conservatism, like what's going to happen before November and what's going to happen after November. And I will get to all of that coming up. The phone call, the number here, I should say, is 800 922 6680. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show.
0: If you're down with trigger warnings, you might want to listen to something else. It's the Rob Carson Show.
1: So what did we learn this weekend? Well, we learned at TPUSA that Donald Trump is still the candidate. We learned that despite the January 6th hearings, which are very uh, sparsely viewed, Donald Trump is still the candidate. And uh, people like Larry Hogan and the uh, Republican establishment, including uh, Mike Pence, couldn't draw flies. And uh, Donald Trump is still the candidate. The person to beat, in other words. Can't touch me.
4: This is Sean Perry. My, 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 my rallies are so large, makes the Dems say, oh my God, thank you for blessing me with the gift of Cam and the hot wife, he feels good. When well, you come see a super dope homeboy from NYC and I know I'm as much, and this is a man they can't touch. Even DeSantis, can't touch him, not yet anyway. Can't touch me, crooked Hillary can't, and I don't really want it to can't touch me sleepy joe wishes he were me okay can't touch me my name is dj trump and i'm magic on the stump can't touch me. i've been around the country from new york to la i speak to a lot of people that play ymca Not anymore. kamala speaks to no one and biden kids a flies and still the fake news media thinks you voted for those guys my rallies are on Newsmax, and Fox just can't be found. And all the fake news media, I take them to the ground. Can't, can't touch me. me. How's your approval rating, <laughs> Sleepy <laughs> Joe? Can't touch me. COVID is more popular than Sleepy Joe. Can't touch me. I fill stadiums. Sleepy Joe can't fill a shoebox. Can't touch me. Together, we are going to save America. Believe me. And it's not necessarily
1: about uh, Donald Trump, because I had mentioned earlier there were those who looked at his tweets and found them to be offensive, etc. And then we realized that once he became the president, he became a very effective leader and he did what he said he was going to do which is something that I don't believe that people like uh, uh, Larry Hogan have any intention of uh, doing, and Mike Pence have any intention of doing at all. Uh, Donald Trump has become a champion for the American people, not necessarily uh, Trump Republicans, but uh, people in general. And that's why so many people, like for instance, there's only 19% Hispanic support of Joe Biden right now, and why so many people walked away from the Democrat party two years ago. But here is Larry Hogan, by the way. And we're going to get Dan Cox on the uh, show this week. Dan Cox is the, officially the uh, the candidate who's going to be running in Maryland representing Republicans. And Larry Hogan, who is a fat toad, uh, he is also a, uh, a future MSNBC host, like his uh, former confidant, uh, Mr. Michael Steele, whose career is over. He was the lieutenant governor of the state of, uh, of uh, Maryland for a number of years. He has no political future at all. He is just going to be a pundit because he has uh, lurched so far left, apparently. I believe that it looks like uh, he's probably quite uh, paid quite well by MSNBC. That said, Larry Hogan is now saying that Trump's candidate Dan Cox, rather than saying, "Okay, let's side with Dan Cox and let's uh, let's uh, uh, put aside our party differences and put a Republican into the state house," uh, Larry Hogan has decided to uh, wage war against Dan Cox. Uh, He has said that Dan Cox is not going to win. He's bad for the GOP because he doesn't think he'll win the general election in Maryland come November. And by the way, uh, Larry Hogan has no idea what the F he's talking about. Okay? He says it's a big win for Democrats. It's a big loss for the Republican Party. We have no chance of of uh, saving that governor's seat. Now he's going to be running against Wes Moore, who is a Democrat, who is backed by Oprah Winfrey. Oh hell! Well, it's all over then. No, it's not. Look at Baltimore. Look at the state of Maryland. Look at how many businesses closed down while Larry Hogan bought into this nonsense about COVID, among other things. While Larry Hogan did nothing to move the needle in Maryland toward the Republican end of the, the spectrum, Larry Hogan thinks he's somehow going to guide the future of uh, of maryland and he's high it's not going to happen here's larry hogan over the weekend and and does what happened in maryland i mean it was a loss for you i mean you weren't on the ballot but it was, yeah. it was a He's loss. talking about dan cox winning and it was a loss for larry hogan larry you already got your ass handed to you okay your candidate uh kelly schultz uh went down in flames and yet you're still saying that dan cox can't win That's
5: for you does this make you more or less likely to run for
6: president in 2024? Well, it makes me more determined than
5: that. Oh, I
1: want to see him run. He has no chance of running at all. to continue the battle to win the, you know, the, the win over the Republican Party and take us back to a
7: bigger tent more Reaganesque party. Uh, our, we've got our work cut out for us. But
1: okay, I'm what sorry. you're saying is anti-Reagan, actually. Re- what now? Larry Hogan is a country club Republican. Larry Hogan is a, a Republican for the elites. Larry Hogan is not in any way, shape, or fo- form down with the struggles that you and I are going through. He is the antithesis of Reagan, and yet he uses Reagan's name to act like if you come to him, you'll be more Reagan-esque when the opposite is true. He's toast. Coming up after the top of the hour, I'm going to hear some audio. You're going to hear from some audio from uh, from Bim Donament, Dominic. He is a major uh, conservative player, and he's saying all of the things about the Democrat Party that I have been saying for years. We'll get to all of that. Your phone calls is welcome as well at 800-922-6680. This is a Monday edition of The Rob Carson Show. Hey, guys, it's Carson for Gold Co. The last time the economy looked like this, the stock market tanked 50%. The U.S. dollar lost 46% of its value, and the price of oil quadrupled. Yet, while the U.S. economy collapsed and inflation ran through the roof, the price of gold shot up 1,300%, and silver rocketed over 2,400%. So, if history repeats itself, we could see it happen again. Can you afford to miss what could be the biggest gold and silver boom of our generation? That's why I want you to visit goldco.com slash robcarson. Goldco.com slash robcarson, because when you do, you'll not only get the chance to protect your retirement savings with gold and silver, as one of my listeners, you could get $10,000 or more in free silver just for doing it. This is a rare opportunity, so don't miss out. Visit goldco.com slash robcarson. Goldco.com slash robcarson. Don't miss what could be the best opportunity to protect your retirement savings. Goldco.com slash Rob Carson.
0: Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show.
1: It is the Rob Carson Show, and uh, welcome, welcome to it. Hope you had a great weekend. I had a great weekend, did a lot of the honeydew list. Uh, it went from uh, hot and dry to rainy and cool, which means uh, global climate change, and i got to buy an electric car, I guess. So, weird. That's where I am, anyway. It's kind of funny. Kind of funny that way. Uh, I had a lot of chance to I found something uh, actually on television uh, that would make me want to watch HGTV more with my wife. I would even watch Property Brothers if it meant that I didn't have to watch The Gray Man on Netflix. My wife and I watched this weekend. I don't know why she brought it up. We watched it Saturday night and uh, it's this uh, new movie and it's uh, it's got Ryan Gosling in it and uh, oh my god, it's so terrible. <laughs> it is you know one of those things where sometimes you know you you will uh, agree to watch something because your spouse says, "Hey, let's watch it." And I like to say, like, if it's a chick flick, generally, and I have to suffer through it, like the movie Sweet Home Alabama, which my wife really loves, if I have to watch that movie with her, it is worth one apology. So I can really screw up. Even not like having an affair or something. I wouldn't be forgiven. But if I could, you know, screw up, like, not doing something around the house or, you know, some some whatever lying about it. I don't know what that But anyway, uh, uh, this movie, this gray man, is worth a couple apologies. And it's supposed to be like an action. It was so bad. It's filled with so many cliches from action movies and it's just it's just terrible it's just and it's got its rear end handed to it uh, this weekend uh, with as, as far as viewership is concerned it wasn't at the box office officially but uh, man oh man what an incredible waste of time uh, almost as much as the, uh, the January six hearings, which have flopped in the ratings, by the way. They were down to 11% lower than the first hearing, even though they've got a guy from ABC TV uh, putting this thing together. So it's supposed to be you know, extraordinary and amazing and uh, earth-shattering and all this, when really all it is is a bunch of Democrats and uh, no cross-examinations. Kangaroo Court, just like you'd normally see in places like, well, what was the former Soviet Union? And, uh, and Amer- the American people aren't buying it. They aren't buying a lot of this nonsense. Well, they're, not buying, they're not buying a CRT. They're not buying a no-cash mail. They're not buying uh, a transgendered individuals competing with girls. They're not buying it. They're not buying it. But the, but the Democrat Party is down with all of it. And, and all the while, we have right now a, a man who's almost 80 years old. He is showing uh, clear signs of dementia, and he has COVID, which until about a year ago was assumed to be, I guess, a death sentence for someone with comorbidities like this, and also a reason to shut down the country. The president of the United States has a pandemic. He has caught the pandemic that caused the country to shut down for months on end that closed schools, uh, in some cases, uh, for two years. The president of the United States has the worst virus that the world has ever seen, and yet this weekend, it's really not that big a deal. It's kind of weird that way. Last week, the world was on fire. Global warming was causing Europe to catch fire. It was hot and dry in the Midwest, which means only one thing. You've got to buy an electric car. You've got to eat less. You've got to drive something else. It was a global crisis. And today, you know, I guess it cooled down a little bit. Maybe got a little bit of rain, which is what happens. And this weekend, Joe Biden, who, who uh, presided over, uh, you know, the lion's share of the worst pandemic in the history of the world, which was sure to kill everyone unless we closed down all of the restaurants and all the schools and all the businesses. And now this man has that same virus. And it's really not that big a deal. I'm just trying to figure it out. It, it's, it's almost like the Democrat Party's trying to play you, trying to make you believe in stuff that, you know, really isn't true and will eventually be even false. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like they're using fear to, uh, to change the way you uh, behave or how you vote. One day it's hot and sunny, so it must mean that there is global warming and you need to get an electric car. One day, the uh, pandemic is enough that you've got to shut your business, you've got to go out of business, you've got to wait for a government check, you've got to get a vaccination, dear God in heaven, if you don't get a vaccine, then then we've got to kick you out of the military, we've got to kick you out of uh, healthcare, we've got to kick you out of everything, your kid has to have a vaccine. And yet this weekend, President of the United States, 80 years old, uh, clearly starting to walk with a stiff gait, going through the, uh, the decline associated with dementia. And he's got this, this virus that two years ago was a death sentence, and suddenly it's not a big deal. Another thing is this president got two vaccines and two boosters, and he still got the, the virus, And another thing we know about it is that despite what all these health professionals are telling you about the vaccine and how the vaccine, even though it won't uh, prevent you from getting the virus, which is what vaccines are for, suddenly the vaccine became something you could take if you get the virus to lessen your symptoms. And yet the president is taking Paxlovid. Paxlovid, by the way, was an, uh, uh, an FDA-approved medicine that uh, replaced the uh, other uh, medicines that people were getting and the government didn't approve. Paxlovid was originally a, uh, an equine encephalitis drug. And yet there was a, a, a vaccine or there was a medicine used a couple years ago that people were using that was also an, an equine medicine that uh, was immediately shut down. It's kind of weird that way. And in case you didn't remember, here's the president of the United States saying that uh, vaccines were going to prevent all this illness, and yet he got it. Listen to this.
5: You're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Hey folks, guess you heard, this morning I tested positive for COVID. And when people are vaccinated, they can feel safe that they are not going to get infected. Yeah.
8: Dr. Fauci says he has COVID again. That's
0: weird. If you've done the right thing and gotten vaccinated, you deserve the freedom to be safe from COVID-19. And this morning, I
5: learned, I, I tested positive <laughs> for COVID-19 <laughs> as well.
6: Three
9: doses that uh. prevented, not just from serious illness, but from... Getting this virus, this
3: Omicron variant, and therefore giving it to others.
9: Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews is in quarantine for seven days after testing positive to COVID.
3: So I, I'm fully vaccinated.
10: It
4: gives me some comfort.
11: Anthony Albanese has just tested positive for coronavirus.
4: Uh, having received two doses of AstraZeneca, it's a very effective vaccine, protection from symptomatic illness, and therefore risk of transmission to others.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it's like you've almost been lied to. It's kind of weird that way. President of the United States, last year, honestly, it was the worst virus in the history of mankind. You had to get a vaccine to keep keep you from getting the virus. And and suddenly this weekend, uh, you know, uh, the vaccine is completely worthless. The President of the United States has it, and it's really not that deadly. It's kind of weird how that happens, right? And yet there are people who in this fall, this fall, it's common, guys. They're going to use either monkeypox. They're going to use whatever they can to uh, cause panic. And uh, this year, you're not going to fall for it. It's kind of funny that way. Kind of funny that way. I was uh, kind of tooling around the uh, news last night, you know, and, uh, and some of the things that I have said is that uh, the, the class of 1968 is in its dying throes. You've heard me talk about this. I've said that the, uh, the, the, the left, when, uh, when their agenda dies, they're like movie vampires. They lash out at everything. They grab as much as they can to drag you into hell. These are all the things that the, uh, the Democrat Party are doing. I've said that the class of 1968, and again, I'm not talking about people who graduated in, the, in 1968. I don't want to go after you. I'm the class of 1984. I'm not saying, you know, that everybody in the class of 1968 was a radical, but I just use 68 as the year when all of this nonsense really started to, uh, you know, hit the fan. It really started to populate uh, campuses and bleed out into uh, society. All of this BS about Marxism, about how communism hadn't been tried. Uh, It had been tried, but it had not been done well. That Marxism and communism were the best forms of government. All of this nonsense. And I've said right now that they have sat there and they have uh, waited for 50 years to uh, incorporate all of this Marxism that we're seeing fail around the world. And they're seeing it right now before the election fail. And so they have two choices, two places to go. They can double down on that failure. Or they can just throw everything at us to collapse the government, to collapse the country, and to cause chaos. I'm kind of leaning toward the second part of that. I'm going to get into that in one second. Let's go to uh, Dallas real quick in Burke, Virginia. Ben Holden wants to talk about Democrats. Hello there, Dallas. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today?
12: Yes, sir. I really appreciate your program. Uh, I just wanted to call, you know, I'm, I graduated in 64. Yes. I think this is the class of '68. Uh, You're talking about uh, the Democrats as a party of death. Mm-hmm. I remember back after I graduated, you had the left. They were talking about the, the population world is going to get so great, we'll not be able to have food for everybody. Yeah. And uh, I think that now they're up in uh, the kind and the authority in the country and everything, and they're trying to kill everybody they can. Uh, you know, with the uh, letting the criminals out and uh, roam the streets, so they can go kill everybody. The uh, drugs that are flowing across our southern border that are yeah. killing thousands of people you yeah. know in in america every week and you know the um, places like chicago where you got people dying every day because you know they're not controlling the, the crime and, and mm-hmm. they're shooting um, it's just you know one thing after another uh they allowing all these uh, illegal immigrants to come in i think what they're wanting to do is they want to kill off the uh, actual American actual citizens of the United States, so they can replace them with all these illegal immigrants. But it just seems like they're wanting to kill. You know, you have abortion where they're, they're wanting pro-abortion. You know, all the time killing the unborn babies. Um, and I've heard some other comments. Uh, you know, about people that they're just trying to uh, you know provide abortion and, and kill all the people. I think it's because they're, they think you know the rural population get too great and they want to just decrease it.
1: Well, Dallas, um, you, you've thrown a lot of uh, stuff there. Uh, clearly, the the Democrat Party is the party of death. They don't, they don't celebrate life. They don't celebrate uh, our existence. They think that we're a scourge, we're a cancer on the world, to be quite honest, and they could really give a rat's ass uh, if people die in the meantime, um, whether that be by uh, starvation, whether that be by abortion, whether that be by I could go on and on. And people are finally starting to understand that the Democrat Party is really not a force for good. Uh, the Democrat Party thinks that uh, we eat too much, we uh, we consume too much, or we're polluting the planet, and so if there's some extraneous death in in the uh, the changing that they're trying to do to the uh, the country and the world, then so be it. As long as it's not them, they're elite, they're above it all, and the rest of us can fight for the crumbs. Uh, I do appreciate your phone call, um, and, and this is uh, you know this shouldn't come as a big surprise to you. Uh, i I've said for years, and I'm really starting to crystallize my views that the Democrat Party has never been a party for good, a force for good, and they become even worse as time progresses. I want to get to the uh, the audio about uh, what we are dealing with coming up before November and after November, and also some things that I've said that are beginning to be uh, echoed in the conservative blogosphere. Your phone calls is welcome, also some uh, interesting things happening outside of, uh, of what happened, Turning Point USA, and some more uh, insider information with regard to January 6th and infiltration On the way, you are listening to The Rob Carson Show.
0: To all the Brandons out there, we salute you and say, let's go, Brandon. It's The Rob Carson Show.
1: Yes, it is The Rob Carson Show, and Joe Biden has the virus that two years ago shut down the entire country. Everybody would die everybody was going to die you had to close down all the businesses you had to close down uh all everything but uh you know like walmart and the government it, it the worst pandemic you could possibly imagine and yet the president of the united states who by the way behaved as a super spreader uh is uh, is sick with it and it's like no big deal this year kind of funny that way right kind of funny I've been talking for a while about how uh, the next couple of months before November were going to be epic. The Democrat Party was going to throw everything they could at the fan to uh, try to to, uh, turn us away from the inevitable, which is uh, the Republican Party uh, taking control of both houses of Congress, etc., and I've been talking about how the class of 1968, and I'm talking metaphorically about this, the, uh, the, uh, the Bern, uh, Bernadine Dorn, uh, uh, you know, Bill Ayers' uh, wing of the Democrat Party, they've been in academia since around 1968, them and their progeny, they've waited for 50-plus years to finally convert the United States into their Marxist utopia. And it's doing a face plant because it's failed everywhere so they're doing this big dance, They're kind of like an unveiling, and they're using the opportunity of an infirmed president to, to put the pedal to the metal, and the American people, more than ever, to the tune of 85% of us are saying, no, no, nonsense. Well, this weekend, uh, ben, ben Dominic, he's, uh, he is a, uh, the uh, chief editor, I guess, a federalist commentator. I like to listen to him. He echoed a lot of the things that I've been saying about what's going on in the Democrat Party in the class of 1968. Here is something he said about the Democrat Party uh, alienating people of faith.
2: You know, conservative Democrats, a handful that still exist like uh, Joe Manchin, uh, those people have been completely run out of the left coalition. And it's happened in front of us over the past few decades, in large part because of their rejection of a number of things that have been so much at the center of American life. I think, you know, mostly, of course, of religion. Uh, the fact that the, Demo- the left,
1: the Democrat Party, wants religion out of everything. And, and I'm not talking about just public schools, separation, churches, state. I'm talking about everything.
2: The Democratic Party today. Really- That's why they're burning down churches. Because of uh, Roe v. Wade. ...is at odds with so many religious believers across the country. It's something that they don't seem to have a problem with. It's almost like they're invested in America becoming a less Judeo-Christian country. Which
1: is kind of what, I don't know, communists do and Marxists do they, they just and have done throughout history.
2: It's assumed it would happen. And they continue to be frustrated when they run into problems like Hispanic voters still having religious beliefs and having... Uh,
1: what did I tell you about? Brown people coming across the border and the Democrat Party bringing them across the border because they think they will be Democrat voters and they get here and what they're discovering is that they come across the border and they go we're the party, uh, we want a party that celebrates life and Christianity.
2: Those beliefs affect their views on culture war issues, especially when it comes to saying that... And this harsh
1: reality is finally hitting Democrats, so what they're trying to do is basically wreck the country.
2: Boys can be girls or having questions about abortion on demand or really not going along with the democratic agenda when it comes to suing the little sisters of the poor or trying to force businesses that are led by Christians to kowtow their liberal leftist ideology.
1: I've been saying for years the Democrat party is morally and intellectually bankrupt. You cannot win if you are those things. Here is uh, Ben Dominich talking about the left killing liberalism. This is something that I noticed 30 years ago as a kid right out of college, Columbia, Missouri. I remember I used to be told by people in academia, oh, yeah, liberalism means open-mindedness. And I realized, I mean, immediately, it meant the opposite. Liberalism uh, is not. If you call yourself a liberal in 2022, it means that uh, you are... Uh, well, either you're with uh, like people like Bill Maher, or you are completely closed-minded, a completely closed-minded leftist. Here's a little bit more from Bim They have
2: rejected the uh, portion of their coalition that was always dedicated to the idea of disagreement and free speech being something that was valuable.
1: Yeah, I hate to tell you this, but uh, a lot of Republicans are more liberal-minded. Thought minded than Democrats right now.
2: You think of secularists like Bill Maher, for instance. That, what did I tell you? Who really are not, you know, in any way people of the right. They basically just have the same views that your average ACLU donor did back in the 1990s. But the ACLU of today, <laughs> it's about trans agenda. Yes. It is about enforcement of all sorts of authoritarian norms when it yeah. comes to uh, preventing speech and the like. Yeah. It's a completely, uh, you know, a break with the kind of agenda that they used to have in the past. And it's one that leads them to try to cancel those who they disagree with.
1: Absolutely. And if you can't win an argument, what do you do? You cancel the other side. This has been going on University Camp by for decades, but it's not resonating terribly well with the rest of us in the real world. Oh, here's uh, Ben Domenech talking about uh, another thing that the uh, left is attacking, and that would be our founding
2: something that made America exceptional, truly exceptional as a nation. You had the freedom and the liberty, the individual uh, rights of of people uh, that came out of uh, the Enlightenment and out of Christian uh, faith and out of uh, the Judeo-Christian understanding of our relationship with the Almighty uh, formed in a new way by our founders who took the lessons of those uh, uh, principles and applied them through our Declaration, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, the Federalist Papers, and our initial founding documents.
1: Now, I'm going to share you a little bit more on this in just a moment. Uh, I have said that the First and Second Amendment have uh, changed the world and brought us into uh, beyond what the Enlightenment ever uh, dreamed of, Into the made us into the greatest engine of individual and economic freedom in the history of mankind. Uh, ben Dominich expands on this a little bit, and then we're going to get to, uh, before it's all over, what's coming before the election, what's coming after the election. Then I want to move into the January 6th hearings, uh, move into... Uh, what happened there, and how they're doing a face plant. Your phone calls are welcome here, guys, at 800-922-6680. Corey Mills, U.S. Army retire- a retiree, also appointed to Trump's Defense Advisory Board, will join us to talk about what's going on in China and the Middle East. Stick around. A lot of stuff going on in the world right now there's a lot of stuff going on in the United States right now a lot of things that are kind of uh, uh, make us worry about the future and uh, and I have said that the class of 1968 is slowly learning that it's dream it's moist, Dream of a, a Marxist USA is uh, is falling; bef- it's collapsing before them. You've got uh, we've got the Supreme Court uh, issuing all these wonderful rulings to protect life and uh, conceal carry and the right to vote and whatnot. And the left was hoping that we would just compliantly go along with it. You know, the amazing thing is that good actually wins. We waited 49 years to overturn Roe v. Wade. We did it slowly and deliberately. The left has done the same, promoting its own agenda in classrooms, uh, getting rid of God, getting rid of the founding documents, uh, pitting us against each other. And guess what? Um, the, uh, the conservative, the life, the, uh, the supporting of the founding, that's going to win. Because the left in this country, they've always been uh, intellectually and, uh, and uh, morally bankrupt. Here is uh, Ben Dominich uh, talking about what he thinks is going to happen. I predicted, and, uh, and I'll share with you very shortly, the, uh, the left wanted to create a, uh, a summer of violence and mayhem like they did in 2020. Right now, that doesn't appear to be catching on like it did then. They are trying to set the country on fire, but they're discovering that their matches are wet. Here is uh, Bim Donmage. He says the, uh, the uh, actual violence is going to come after the election when the Republicans clean house.
2: This is the difference between then and now. They stopped pretending. They stopped pretending to be uh, you know, a pro-American party, one that you know, honored the, f- the flag, respected the Bible. So why
1: 85% of the country feels like we're going in the wrong direction with Joe Biden and his party in charge
2: for supported cops and firemen in the military and they started to be on they've
1: gone after everything everything that we hold dear did they think this was gonna work yeah they actually did
2: honest about the, what they really believe that they right. believe the children right. belong to them and not to the family and that uh, and that all of these things need to be eradicated the democratic party right now is a coalition that is in- incredibly i think shrinking it's going to go through a wilderness period and it's going to be very- and it's
1: also i might say uh, the same could be said for the rhino into the republican party those people who are supported well for instance uh, larry hogan uh mike pence they are going to die a slow death uh politically politically i said politically just like the left in this country is
2: very dangerous during that period i think uh in a lot of unexpected ways and so the conservatives, but also those who are not even conservative, but just allied on these issues, need to be prepared for how radical the left is going to be when they respond to losing, when the voters turn away from the radicalism of their agenda.
1: Now, you've seen little uh, attempts at trying to set the country on fire, whether that be Akron, Ohio, with a fake uh, race crime, a police officer uh, shooting a shooting a man who led them on a high speed chase and had a gun. They tried it there. They're going to try it all summer long. They tried it after Roe v. Wade. You've got attacks on churches and you've got attacks going on with uh, abortion, cr- or I should say, pregnancy crisis centers around the country. Again, attempting to ignite a fire that isn't catching fire. Their matches are wet. And here is the pièce resistance. Last night, Ben Dominic talking to Mark Levin about the death throes of the class of 1968, again, which is something I've been talking about for a long time.
2: And I think that one of the big things that the Democratic Party is about today is is that level of leftist authoritarianism seeking to shut down anyone who will take opposition to them because they truly believe the arc of history favors them that they are they are
1: absolutely wrong because they're morally and intellectually
2: bankrupt moral betters that they have a new religion that we all have to bow to and unfortunately for them America is still America, and Americans don't really get along with people telling them, ordering around, bossing them around, and telling them what to do. Yeah, like shut down your business
1: because of COVID.
2: And the contingent of Americans who stand up, the people who take issue with them and understand the crisis that they represent for our country, they are ones who are not going to be easily moved. They are not just on the right. They are across the country. They are political independents and others. What
1: did I tell you? 85% of us think the country's going in the wrong direction. Joe Biden brought us together against him
2: and i think that's a big part of the reason that democrats have lost the plot they're doing all these things desperately trying to hold on to power trying to use it to the nth degree before they get pushed out this november Uh, and it's almost
1: what did i say They were going to throw everything at the wall to see if it sticks before November.
2: The last gasp for boomer leftism, who believed that they had had a charted path toward the future and are now infuriated to find that there's some Americans who don't want to go that same way.
1: All right, Aguirre, listen to this. This is what I said. The class of 1968, they've waited for this moment for 50-plus years. And it's doing a faceplant. Listen.
2: Before they get pushed out this November, uh, and it's almost a last gasp for boomer leftism. Boom. Who believe that they have... He
1: says boomer leftism. I
2: say class of 1968. Had a charted path to, toward the future and are now infuriated to find that there's some Americans who don't want to go that same way.
1: And what did uh, Mark Levin say about Bim Damage, echoing what I've been saying for years? I'd say that's the best synopsis I've heard in a long time. Well, thank you very much, Mark. I greatly appreciate it. What we have to do now is when they attempt to attack churches or they attempt to attack uh, uh, pregnancy crisis centers, um, we protect those uh, if we have to physically. Uh, I've got a friend who lives in Pittsburgh. He and his friends are concealed carry uh, permit holders, and they are protecting their church. And if somebody attempts to break into their church and burn it down, uh, that person is going to end up uh, getting hurt. Yeah, and that's what we're going to have to do. That's what we're going to have to do. Uh, let's move on to the uh, January 6th hearings uh, last Thursday. And, um, you know, it, it, basically they're going to tr- do everything they can to prevent Donald Trump from running for president. You already know this. You already know this. It's whether or not they they uh, actually do try to arrest him, something like that. Then things are really going to fall apart. But right now it doesn't appear that the American people are interested whatsoever. And no matter what the January six hearings do... I mean, literally, how long have they been on TV, guys? Five weeks, six weeks? And how has the needle changed? Is there an uprising right now in the country where people are saying, you know, yeah, Donald Trump tried to steal everything. He tried to steal the election. He tried to, uh, he tried to subvert the uh, the capital. He tried to uh, uh, take over the country. Well, none of those things are true. If they were true, then Donald Trump would have. And and I heard uh, people saying this this weekend. Uh, Donald Trump would have then called out the National Guard to come to the Capitol, defend the Capitol, defend him. Donald Trump would have continued the insurrection after the supposed 87 minutes. If it were really an insurrection, then Donald Trump, surely as the president of the United States, could have uh, rallied forces in the country to come defend the Capitol and take over the government. But he didn't do that, did he? So your argument about uh, uh, an insurrection is moot. The American people are saying, no, we don't believe it. Nine percent, or I should say 11 percent lower uh, numbers watching the January 6th primetime hearings then the first one, it happened on Thursday, nobody's listening. They think it's nonsense. And here's Liz Cheney. This is interesting. So Liz Cheney this week it was asked about uh, Donald Trump and, and uh, even cash Patel and numerous others have said under oath that Donald Trump said that he would give the Capitol Police, Nancy Pelosi, Washington, D.C., 20,000 National Guard troops to prevent uh, January 6th from becoming some, an, a violent insurrection. Here is Liz Cheney avoiding the question this weekend.
3: But this was a mob Donald Trump sent to the Capitol, and, and I think that's important to keep our, our eye on.
1: If it were really an insurrection that Donald Trump had planned, why were they not armed, why did he stop after 87 minutes? It's because it wasn't an armed insurrection, uh, and it wasn't planned by Donald Trump. There are several
9: witnesses uh, who say they met with President Trump on January 4th, and he offered.
1: Some 20,000 National Guardsmen. Several witnesses who have said under oath, including Kash Patel, that uh, 20,000 troops were offered by Donald Trump. Here is Liz Cheney attempting to say, no, that didn't happen. And she only has one turncoat saying that this never happened.
9: Uh, To protect the Capitol building on January 6th, but the offer was rejected. Is that true? Do you know that to be true?
3: Well, his own acting secretary of defense says that's not true. Chris Miller has testified publicly that Donald Trump never issued. He said it.
1: During your hearings. Any order to deploy the guard. Without any sort of cross-examination and other people saying, yeah, of course, Donald Trump said 20,000 troops, they're yours.
3: Protect the Capitol. Uh, and, and so I would point people to his own Secretary of Defense's public testimony. And we also know that on January 6th, while the attack was underway, uh, Donald Trump did not place a single phone call to anyone at the Pentagon. He didn't place a single Which phone mean- call to anyone at the Justice Department. to
1: which would mean that he didn't try to rally any fr- anyone from the, Demo- uh, from the Defense Department to come and uh, do a complete uh, insurrection. If Donald Trump wanted to actually do an insurrection where he overtook the government, he would call the Pentagon to say, I, as the President of the United States, insist that you be—there well, was, no, was no insurrection. This is, this is nonsense. It has been nonsense from the get-go. And it continues to do a face plant. and the American people know it. But they're going to do their very best. Now, I've got a few things that I want to share uh, coming up. You know, Steve Bannon was found guilty on Friday of contempt of Congress. He was being, uh, he's found guilty of uh, what you and I have for Congress every single day. I'm going to share uh, Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz is a, uh, is a liberal. Alan Dershowitz has always been on the uh, opposite side of, of where you and I generally think. He is a Democrat. He's always been for a centralized United States government. He's always leaned toward the left side. But he realizes what so many have said, what I have said, what I just mentioned, uh, Ben dominant saying, that the left has gone Marxist. I'm going to share his thoughts on the Bannon trial, Tulsi Gabbard's thoughts on the Bannon trial on Friday. And by the way, there's going to be a, uh, an appeal. And the reason why uh, uh, Steve Bannon lost on Friday was because his defense team knew he was going to lose and let it happen. So I'm going to get to all of that on the other side of the break. Your calls are welcome at 800 You are listening to The Rob Carson Show.
9: I will take care of this.
0: I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. He got 81 million votes. Yeah, right. It's the Rob Carson Show. Don't worry.
1: So one of the... uh things that people are going to demand of Republicans, if and when they win both houses of Congress, is accountability for all the crap we've been through. Accountability with regard to government shutdowns. Accountability with regard to uh, January 6th prisoners. Accountability with regard to the 2020 election. All of the things that you were told were verboten for the last couple of years by the mainstream media, big social media, and the Democrat Party. All of those things are going to have to be investigated. Uh, One of the things that uh, happened on uh, January the 6th, was there was a guy named Ray Epps there who appeared to be a Fed, and uh, he wanted people to go into the Capitol. Now, you've seen the the footage on the uh, night of the 5th saying, we got to go into the Capitol tomorrow. We saw the footage the next day of him, uh, you know, you got to go into the Capitol. The, strangely enough, there are no prisoners in uh, Washington, D.C. who are being held for the January 6th insurrection who are as ho- high profile uh, with regard to telling people to go in and actually commit a crime other than, People like Ray Epps. Ray Epps uh, was on the, uh, the FBI's most wanted list for about a millisecond and then suddenly was just able to walk away. The same could be said to a guy named Luke Robinson. Uh, Luke Philip Robinson, also known as, the, they call him the ginger gun. Did you know about this guy? Apparently this guy was uh, the only guy filmed on January 6th who had a firearm. Okay, so you talked about this armed insurgency was going to take over the country, which never happened. It was a fault or all. It was a lie. If conservatives really wanted to take over the country, what would they bring? They would bring weapons. So the only person actually who, saw, who had a gun uh, showed it accidentally. It was, it was uh, under his, uh, his clothes, presumably, in some sort of a holster on his side. And uh, they called this guy Luke Philip Robinson. They call him the ginger gun. Alright, so not only did he have a gun, but they also noticed that he had an earpiece. And, and it's oddly enough that this guy was uh, once on the most uh, wanted list by the FBI and removed. Well, apparently, some, uh, uh, I guess, uh, wannabe journalists decided to set up their own little, um, I guess, uh, a sting operation. This uh, Makaja Jackson, former uh, U.S. Uh, mar- a Marine War veteran, uh, decided to... Um, uh, to interview this guy, this uh, this uh, 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 Luke Philip Robinson, uh, and they they set up kind of a sting. They they met him to to buy a bicycle, and they, they confronted him about wearing a gun and and having a piece.
10: Ray Epps, because we knew we knew you were at the Capitol, and we weren't sure if uh... you had an earpiece and a firearm. Man, that's that's a fu- you had a firearm on federal property. That's serious stuff. I got charged with a misdemeanor for parading
1: a picket and picketing. Now, I- uh, Makaja J- Jackson, the U.S. Uh, Marine veteran, pled guilty to one charge in November, which was parading, demonstrating, or picketing at the Capitol building, all right? Now, he was sentenced to 90 days in a halfway house, three years of probation, and uh, $501,000 fines. He decided to go after this uh, this guy, Luke Philip Robinson, who literally had a gun at the Capitol. Now, he did this uh, surreptitiously. He uh, went to him to say, hey, man, I just want you To know that people might be looking out for you because you had a gun, but actually, he just wanted to confront him as as to why he wasn't still on the FBI most wanted list.
10: Firearm man, and I met you 10 days after the FBI came to my house on April 3rd. Okay. I mean, what's going on, man? All right, yeah. What's with the earpiece at the Capitol? Who were you talking to? (laughs) Who were you talking to? And like
1: Ray Epps, he's not doing interviews with the press. I wonder why that is. No, thank you. He goes, are you going to buy this bike or what? Because, see, this guy who was arrested, Mikaja Jackson, decided to confront Luke Phillip Robinson, uh, saying he's going to buy a bike they met at a parking lot. And instead, uh, said, uh, set, set Luke up, said, hey, man, just want to know why you had a gun, why you're wearing an earpiece. And then uh, he said, oh, yeah, well, the reason why I'm doing this is because they might be uh, looking for you.
10: Who were you talking to at the capital of the earpiece? Hi, Manny. We're just trying to figure out what's going on. Luke Robinson, number 343, removed from the FBI wanted list. 10 days after the cap, uh, 10 days after the FBI came to my house, I met Luke on April. This is uh, Jackson talking. 3rd, ...2021, and two weeks ago, I found out Luke Robinson was moved from 343 on the FBI most wanted list, and he seems he's a nice guy. We just want to know what's going on. He had a firearm on him on federal property in an earpiece, and he was removed from the Capitol. We don't know what's going on, brother, but we just want to figure it out. If you, hey man, if you're in serious stuff, you got to get a lawyer. You now,
1: need- Luke Phillip Robinson is in on it. You see, he's in on the whole deal, and he's being exposed here, which is why he's not talking.
10: Figure it out, man. This is—we uh, want you to be safe. Yeah. I know who you are. You're—are you cooperating with the FBI? I,
4: I just don't really want to. I, I
10: really I don't want to talk. The list.
1: Yeah. It's a setup. Yeah. It's a setup. It's a put on. It's a shakedown. Uh, the same thing happened, by the way, this weekend at uh, the Republican conference. I'll get to uh, some of the people who are outside wearing nar- Nazi garb. They appeared to be uh, feds as well. Then also I want to move into uh, what's coming this week as far as an announcement from the White House with regard to a recession. It's actually happening. And it's going to be worse than you think. And they're getting you ready for it. I'll get to all of that. Your phone calls as well at 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. So uh, I digested a lot of news this weekend, and, uh, and I discovered some things that were pretty... Uh, the most interesting thing I discovered this weekend. You guys want to hear the most interesting thing I discovered this weekend, and I shared it with people that I know, including a friend of mine who was a nationally syndicated radio program, Chris Plant, and he couldn't believe it, and, and this, is, this is going to come out of nowhere. But my wife actually shared something with me this weekend that was startling, and that was... You know the song Walk This Way by Aerosmith? You know that song? Do you know where they got the title for the song? Are you ready for the listen.
5: You know, I don't mean to embarrass you, but I'm a rather brilliant surgeon. Perhaps I could help you with that hump.
1: That is from young Frankenstein. What hump?
5: Let's go. Allow me, master. Walk this way. <laughs>
1: I know this is apropos of nothing, but I thought I would share with you as one of the most interesting things that I heard this weekend. Walk This Way by Aerosmith came from young Frankenstein. All right. Uh, That was the non sequitur. We're going to get into uh, the economy next hour. Steve Bannon's trial and the takeaways from that, including uh, thoughts from uh, a known liberal, Alan Dershowitz, about this miscarriage of justice, all right ahead on The Rob Carson Show. Stick around.
0: Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show.
1: It is the Rob Carson Show. We've got uh, hour number three right ahead. Much to get to, including uh, monkey is here, by the way. Uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, more panic-mongering as far as COVID is concerned. The President of the United States, uh, two years ago, if Joe Biden would have had COVID, it would have been like... Uh, uh he abject panic because two years ago covid was the ends of the earth everybody's going to die of covid we need to shut down schools we need to shut down everything you got to get vaccinated we got a president right now who's 80 years old and uh and he's got covid and he was double vaxxed and double boosted so there's another uh, domino that has fallen as far as uh, what we were taught what we were told to believe and yet, it's kind of strange. There are still military members who could lose their entire careers because they haven't taken the vaccine. We just live in uh, in, in uh, very trying times. We're being lied to in a number of ways. One of the things we're being lied to is we're being uh, made to believe that the economy is not as bad as uh, you and I say it is. And, and I know the economy is bad because... Uh, My family, we've had to make some major cutbacks. There are a lot of people in the country who are uh, suffering right now. If you've been to the grocery store lately, you've discovered that uh, many things are unaffordable. You've discovered that any uh, possible pay raise you've gotten in the last year is completely for naught. One thing that you're also seeing is what appears to be the collapse of the housing market. If you were planning on buying a home a year ago, maybe you're having to say, I won't be able to afford it because the interest rates are now double. And here we go again. The federal government, all the people who have told you that they're in charge and and they've got everything, it shows that they don't know at all what they're doing. At all. Uh, 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 Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is warning of a second quarter decline, (laughs) indicating a recession. But, uh, you know, they're going to tell you this week that, you know, these are completely normal things. Uh, They're going to say there's no recession. This is uh, former Obama Obama economic advisor Larry Summers saying there is going to be a recession. I think there's a very high likelihood of recession when we've been in this kind of situation before. Recession has essentially always followed when inflation has been high and unemployment uh, has been low we've been here before this is not foreign territory soft landings remember jimmy carter do you i was a kid i do remember though represent a kind of triumph of hope over uh experience i think we're very unlikely uh to see one now we are going to uh, i believe this week we're going to get some very bad news as far as the economy is concerned we're going to see And listen, i'm not an economist. Not even close. If I want an expert on the economy, on, I'll have him on the show. I just use common sense and life experience and research. And I know that if they're starting to talk about a recession, we're already there. Here's Brian Deese. This is Brian Deese, a, a, a Biden economic advisory. And, and he's saying that uh, uh, this is a, this a slowing of the economy. This recession is expected and necessary. We
3: are seeing a slowing. Uh, that is not only expected, but necessary as we operate through this transition. So okay. And the
1: transition, right? Isn't the transition from uh, from uh, uh, hydrocarbons to uh, uh, unicorn farts and fairy dust for energy? Where our, our focus is in terms of diagnosing the economy. Okay, so they're already starting to say, yeah, things are slowing down. There's going to be a recession, and that means that things are a lot worse than you can only imagine. Here is Janet Yellen. She is our Treasury Secretary. She's wrong about everything. She makes tens of thousands of dollars speaking for uh, big companies like uh, uh, Capital One, even though she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. Here she is talking about a second wave recession that's coming. GDP
11: will be closely watched. Um, A a common definition of recession is two negative quarters of GDP growth, or at least that's something that's
1: been true in past recessions. That's not really, if if you look at the grand scheme of things as far as the economy is concerned, we've already seen the things that would mean recession. We've already seen uh, the slowdown of the economy. We've also stagnation of wages. We've seen uh, uh, inflation dramatically. So we already know that we're in a world of hurt. It just takes these people to uh, finally put their stamp on it and admit it's actually happening. When we've seen that,
11: mm-hmm. there has usually been a recession, and many economists uh, expect second quarter GDP to be negative. First quarter GDP was negative.
1: Yeah, okay. So uh, they're finally admitting that there actually is a, a recession coming, but the only reason they're admitting it is because things are a lot worse than, uh, than I think they expected, and they want to soften you up for it. I thought I'd mention that. Yeah. You already knew it. <laughs> You're already suffering through it. Th- this comes as a big surprise to people in Washington, D.C., because they don't suffer like you and I do. They don't go through what you and I do. They don't have to worry about filling the car with gas. They don't have to worry about uh, buying groceries. They don't need to worry about this stuff. It's just, honestly, it's 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 remarkable. And it's all going to result in you and I going to the polls and saying we're done. We are absolutely We are absolutely done. I want to move on to a couple of other things that I've been uh, uh, talking about. Uh, Steve Bannon on Friday, and it happened on Friday, and we didn't have much chance to talk to it. Uh, Steve Bannon was found in contempt of Congress on uh, Friday. Steve Bannon, uh, I... uh, absolutely love Steve Bannon. I think he's awesome. Uh, they're looking at anything they can do to take down Trump and his acolytes. And this is just the latest uh, thing right now. We've got what's going on a kangaroo court, which is the January sixth hearings. It is something that uh, you normally only see in the totalitarian regimes, i.e. the uh, former Soviet union, Cuba, North Korea, China, uh, a one-sided court of public opinion on television broadcast without any sort of, uh, uh, uh cross-examination without any sort of uh, uh, attempt to uh, challenge some of the witnesses that they have brought forth. And it's strange that in a country that has the First Amendment, where we have uh, uh, unfettered uh, uh, freedom of, the spe- of speech and we have unfettered freedom of the press, the press chooses to be on the side of the state. Uh, that's the case with the January 6th hearings, which should be a joke. No network in its right mind. ABC, CBS, NBC, who anchor themselves on their news profile which, by the way, nobody's listening to anymore uh, as far as uh, people about 11 percent support of the news media and belief that the news media actually is there uh, as a check and balance against the federal government. Nobody has any faith in the news media. But you've got ABC, CBS, NBC, who, who their anchors are, their nightly news, and then all the programs surrounds that. They are showing that they have no interest whatsoever in the truth. Same goes with what's happening with uh, Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon was found uh, guilty of, um, what, the contempt of Congress, which is what you and I have for Congress. Here is Tulsi Gabbard talking about uh, what happened Friday to Steve Bannon with his contempt of Congress uh, conviction.
8: No matter what you think or feel about Steve Bannon, the fact that he has been found guilty of contempt of Congress, yet others have faced no consequences at all, people like James Clapper, for example, sat before the U.S. Senate under oath and lied directly about an NSA program that was conducting mass collection on millions of Americans. Or John Brennan, for example, as CIA director. He spied on Senate staffers.
1: All of this is going to come out in the wash after the election. And the American people are going to hold Congress uh, responsible, not responsible, they're going to hold the Congress responsible in finding out the answers to this nonsense.
8: Lied about it. And also broke into senate computers to read emails from whistleblowers to members of congress now both clapper and brennan kept their jobs and to this day still have faced no consequences at all what to speak of being charged and prosecuted and found guilty of the crimes that they committed now this is just the latest example unfortunately of how our Department of Justice has become a political weapon being used by those in power to go after their political enemies.
1: Boom! There you go. And that will have to be investigated after November. Here is Alan Dershowitz. Now, I got to know Alan Dershowitz uh, a couple years ago, uh, working with Newsmax, and uh, he is a, uh, what they would call a liberal. He is a, uh, 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 a liberal who has been involved in, uh, and, and uh, it could, existed in the, uh, breathe the higher air of the Democrat party and liberalism in this country. He has found himself to be on the outs because he actually uh, believes in the rule of law and is not happy with the direction of the Democrat party. Here he is talking about his thoughts with regard to the Bannon trial where Steve Bannon was found guilty of contempt of Congress, which is a nonsense charge.
11: The Bannon conviction, um, if this is true like an ordinary Talking to
1: uh, Greta Van Susteren, who is on uh, in Newsmax now, by the way.
11: ...case, two misdemeanors in the District of Columbia, at most probation. Um, what do you think of this verdict and what do you think of what's likely to happen to him?
9: entirely predictable and entirely in violation of the constitution the only provision of the constitution which appears basically twice is trial by jury uh in and and in front of a fair jury
1: by the way this true this trial was a setup the judge is a leftist the judge wanted him to be convicted and steve bannon expected it
9: number one he's not he didn't have a fair jury number two the judge took his defenses away from him the judge denied him a jury trial they wouldn't allow him to put on is this
1: country you want to live in?
9: evidence that he believed that uh, there was an executive privilege involved and he wanted a judicial determination before he violated the executive privilege. That issue could not be presented to the jury. So as I predicted on this show and other shows before, the conviction was a foregone conclusion. The only issue is will it be reversed by appeal, either by the appellate court in the District of Columbia or by the Supreme Court. I think it's very likely that this uh, conviction will be reversed at some point
1: and it should be and steve bannon uh, expected that to happen now here is uh, alan dershowitz who is uh, what you might call a country club liberal he's has has friends in higher uh, academia and uh, and uh, left-leaning democrat politics talking about what his insistence on uh the justice system actually doing what it's supposed to do uh and what it's done for his status in the democrat party
9: I wrote my book on the price of principle you're right i have been punished severely I can't speak at the library in Martha's Vineyard. I can't speak in the synagogue in Martha's Vineyard. I can't speak in uh, the community center. Uh, I have been silenced by people who don't want to hear my perspective because I defended the Constitution on behalf of President Trump. That's today's America.
1: Yep, that's today's America, and that's today's Democrat Party, and that's why 85% of the American people feel like we're going in the wrong direction. Uh, Coming up, I want to get into a little bit of the, oh, Al Gore. Al Gore is equating those who uh, believe that climate change is nonsense to the uh, authorities at Uvalde who stopped the school shootings. I'm going to share that. Uh, Your thoughts are welcome as well at 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show.
0: The mainstream media, big social media and the Democrat party say you spread disinformation. It means you know the
3: truth. The important is you said the truth.
0: It's the Rob Carson show.
1: So uh, before the end of the show, you want to know who wants to buy an electric car? Almost nobody. Uh, I'll explain why. Uh, And by the way, Democrats have really uh, uh, shot themselves in the foot because they decided to uh, go for broke with regard to green energy, the Green Energy New Deal and all that stuff. And, uh, And they were wrong. And they could have incrementally gone at this, but they realized that their time is nigh. And uh, that this was their chance, and it and it looks like it's going to fail. I'll explain to that uh, very shortly, uh, and then also I want to I want to get into a little bit on uh, uh, Al Gore saying that uh, <laughs> climate deniers are like the Evaldi uh, authorities. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but the uh, the WHO has declared uh, monkeypox a global health emergency. Here is uh, uh, what are the the Ted uh, uh, Doctor Tedros. Uh, Abrahim, I don't know how his name. Anyway, talking about the new crisis.
7: For all of these reasons, I have decided that the global monkeypox outbreak represents a public health emergency of international concern.
1: Now, um, I just want to tell you right now that uh, monkeypox is something that you uh, will not get. All right. Very few people have it. There are 16,000 cases of monkeypox that have come from 70 countries so far this year. Um, And uh, generally, um, men who have sex with other men, generally men who have sex with other men anonymously, uh, many times, those are the the people who are getting this, which means that uh, we've been through this before. We've been through this before. And uh, it's, it's not a new virus, it's not a new, new scenario, and it's not an international emergency. What it would be to most people is possibly, uh, you know, you might want to uh, uh, not have sex with a bunch of people anonymously while they're figuring out monkeypox. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, possibly. That said, uh, this uh, rapidly spreading monkeypox is uh, is happening in big cities around the country and around the world, and it's not really that big a deal. Primarily spread through skin-to-skin t- contact during sex. Men who have sex with men are at the highest risk right now. This is not bidding to be any sort of uh, anything against gay people at all. I'm just saying, I'm reading the facts here, okay? As the majority of transmission has occurred in the gay community, however, the WHO and the CDC have emphasized that anyone can catch monkeypox regardless of sexual orientation is it a global health emergency no because two people have died of it in the entire world of seven billion people scientists in spain and italy detected mon- monkeypox virus dna in semen from positive patients now these are uh, from people who are inseminating people we used to call them men though it's still unclear whether the virus can spread through semen during sex the Spanish scientists who uh, also detected monkey pox DNA in saliva. So you know there, yeah. So uh, right now, 99% of cases reported outside of Africa are among men who, uh, uh, among men, and 98% of infections are among men who have had sex with men, primarily those who had multiple recent anonymous new sexual partners, which would mean that you don't need to wear a mask, you don't need to get a vaccination, maybe you just not need to, you know, stop having sex with people anonymously. This is not any way uh, meant to be uh, coming out on gay people. It's anybody who thinks that having sex anonymously is a good idea. It never really ends well, does it? Does it ever really end well? The whole anonymous, does it ever really end well? No, not generally. Not generally. Now, this is kind of interesting. Deborah Burks, who was, uh, I guess, kind of a protege of Anthony Fauci before uh, Joe Biden became president, faded kind of into oblivion. Uh, she had issued some warnings about uh, the uh, the vaccine and shutdowns and all that, and she was shut down. She has a new book. And, uh, and this weekend it came out that she actually had warned and, uh, and said that vaccines really don't work.
8: Well, if you're across the South um, and you're in the middle of this wave, what's going to save you right now is Paxlovid. But once we get through this wave during that law, you should get vaccinated and boosted because we do believe it will protect you, particularly if you're over 70. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection.
1: Whoa, 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 What? What did she just say? Hold on a second. Because we were told that if you get the vaccine you're protected and therefore you have to take the vaccine and then we were told that the vaccine would uh would uh, not uh, stop you from getting the infection but it would lessen the symptoms that was a lie they said that if you don't get a vaccine you are a dangerous society and therefore you would be and should be fired from any job associated with the federal government from military service by the way those edicts are still in order And yet, here's Dr. Burks saying vaccines were never effective.
8: It will protect you, particularly if you're over 70. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection, and I think we overplayed the vaccines, and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will, but let's be very clear. No,
1: no, it won't. Vaccines don't do that.
8: 50% of the people who died from the Omicron surge were older.
1: Okay, were older. There you go. That is a comorbidity. Here is uh, Anthony Fauci being grilled by Brett Baer about about, uh, where the virus came from, and he uh, essentially admitted it came from China.
5: We have an open mind, but it looks very, very much like... This was a natural occurrence. Yeah, I mean, Dr. Fauci, just to be honest, when you, you read those,
9: when you read those emails, it does not sound like you have an open mind. When you read the email from no, no, absolutely. Um, Kirsten Anderson, who says the unusual features of the virus make yeah. up a real small part of the genome and one has to right. look really closely at but, the sequences to see that some features look engineered right. and you say, this is a shiny object and it'll go away. It does not sound like you're right. open-minded to it.
5: Brett. I know you're a good person, I know you a long time, if you take a group of emails when people are considering and thinking out. How- All
1: of this stuff's going to be figured out after the uh, election in November and Republicans take over. Two NFL players die of heart attacks over the weekend. You kind of wonder if it has something to do with the vaccine. On the way, we do have Corey Mills. We're going to get a hold with him, talk to him about what's going on in China, possible war with China, and uh, Biden's Middle Eastern trip, among other things. This is a Monday edition of The Rob Carson Show. Don't go any well. I thought it was kind of odd. We talked a lot about vaccine. We now hear Deborah Burke says the vaccine was never uh, never effective to prevent the spread of COVID. You kind of wonder how many ways you're being played. I didn't get the vaccine. I am uh, uh, I chose not to get the vaccine because, A, I wasn't compelled to do it, and, b) uh, you know I had uh, an issue, a cardiovascular issue when I was uh, 30. Actually, I I'd I strep throat and uh, and i threw a blood clot apparently and they said i had a a infarction also known as a heart attack at 32 years old or 30 years old i guess that's I 30 31 and uh and consequently um went from bench pressing 400 pounds to being told i couldn't push too hard in the bathroom uh when you have something like that happen at the age of 30 it kind of freaks you out so uh, 25 years later i said now nah, you know what if mitocarditis is a possibility i'm not going to get the vaccine Ultimately, I ended up getting uh, COVID when I went to New York, the most vaccinated place in the world with vaccine passports and the whole deal. And, uh, and I ended up getting uh, COVID and it wasn't pleasant. It was uh, I had a, a sickening cough. I never had any uh, fever. I knew that there was an issue when I uh, came home from New York and I had no sense of taste and no sense of smell. That said, I went on to get uh, sick. And uh, uh, like so many have said, you know, hey, I didn't get COVID. It really wasn't that big a deal. Whenever whenever it's a Democrat like Joe Biden, uh, you know, it's asymptomatic. He's got the sniffles or whatever. But everybody that I know who's got it, you know, it kind of got nasty. There are very few who, you know, who said, oh, yeah, it's a few sniffles. My mother, my mother, my mother passed away uh, about a year and a half ago. She had COVID. She went to the doctor. The doctor said, you've got the antibodies. You had the, the virus. She didn't know it. She's the only person that I've known, really, who didn't have a, you know, didn't, wasn't seriously ill. A friend of mine named Dave, who's my age, lives in, uh, in Chicago. He got it, knocked him on his butt for two weeks. It knocked me on my butt for two weeks. My sister has it right now. I've got a my biological sister. She has it right now. She's gotten it. She's pushing 70 years old. So she's like 15 years older than me. She's getting nailed. Oh, great. My phone is ringing. I'm going to just de- decline that because you can't be calling me on the air. Uh, that's a phone call that I was expecting or trying to make with, uh, with uh, a guest. But anyway, we'll let that go. Uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens head coach John Harbaugh released a statement because uh, uh, running back Lorenzo Talaferro passed away last week in Williamsburg, Virginia. He was 28 years old and he died of a heart attack. He died of a heart attack. 28 years old. He's working out. Uh, He spent uh, 2014 to 2016 with the Baltimore Ravens. Accumulated 282 rounds. He's 28 years old. He died of a heart attack. This on the heels of former NFL player Paul Duncan, 35 years old. Former Notre Dame uh, football star. Played with the Denver Broncos as an undrafted free agent. He was running around uh, the neighborhood. He was working out last week went into sudden cardiovascular arrest while he was uh, running through the neighborhood. He was pronounced uh, brain dead. Uh, it says here that uh, uh, a medical examination will be done to understand his cause of death. But, um, uh, you know, this is a 35-year-old man, uh, prime of his life, ex nfler dying of a heart attack while uh, running, and then a 28-year-old, a uh, former Ravens player, dying of a heart attack uh, just last week as well. So it kind of makes you wonder what the heck's going on. kind of makes you wonder about uh, mitocarditis and, you know, uh, possible uh, side effects to a vaccine. I, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. All I know is that over the weekend we had Dr. Deborah Burke say that um, with regard to COVID, it, it was uh, the vaccine was never meant to stop COVID. It kind of makes you wonder. Then there's, uh, then there's Al Gore. Al Gore out this weekend talking about uh, climate deniers. We'll get to uh, Al Gore in just a second. I want to talk a little bit about uh, electric cars, among other things. My friend Jim Gossett put this together for Mr. Gore. Yes, it's only
6: an Al Gore scam. Just a climate change fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's all liberal make-believe to destroy the economy. And they're trying, aren't they? It's a sinister Al scheme To spread grief and cause misery Ten dollar a gallon gas And no electricity <laughs> I've got no shame uh-huh. As I show on Meet the Press I- I've got no shame I must confess I'm a big fat man It's a global warming scheme Uh Just as phony as it can be But it's making a billionaire Out of hypocrites like me Watch your power bill triple soon Say goodbye to your SUV Just wait till we confiscate Your new HDTV
1: that is from Jim Gossett. Two S's and two T's. jimgossettcomedy.com. dot com. Al Gore. I remember uh, in the early nineties. I remember uh, Rush Limbaugh being on a panel. I believe it was on um, ABC. Uh, talking with Al Gore, and Al Gore, literally, he has, uh, while he's making a billion dollars, being a climate change uh, advocate, saying that we need to stop uh, riding in SUVs, we need to live in small, tiny houses, all the while flying around the world in private jets and living in multiple mansions. He's become a billionaire because of this nonsense, but I remember... Uh, Rush Limbaugh uh, challenging Al Gore about all this global warming uh, nonsense Al Gore has issued deadlines saying that the world would end by 2010 by 2020 and each time uh, they have gone by the wayside and nobody has challenged Al Gore to uh, any of his predictions Al Gore has been saying that the world would end that things would be beyond repair multiple times and guess what Like all predictions of the end of the world in history, what is the one thing that all of the predictions of the end of the world in history, what has been the one common denominator? That would be that they were all false, that they all were not true. You see what I'm saying? All of the predictions of the end of the earth being predicted, particularly by the climate-deranged left, have not come true and yet they're still doubling down on the nonsense and what Al Gore this is this is just I mean the guy is done he's cooked nobody pays attention to this buffoon anymore but he decided that he would um, he would say that people who do not take action on climate are like the police officers in Evaldi Texas So he's taking something that is uh, sacred, the lives of children and the inaction of uh, the police, and he's trying to pin that on those who would not believe in the nonsense that he has been spewing for 30 years that has never come true. With that, here is Al Gore this weekend. That is not Al Gore this weekend. This, my friends, is Al Gore this weekend.
7: You know, the climate deniers uh, uh, are... Really, in some ways, similar to all of those uh, almost 400 law enforcement officers in Uvalde, Texas, who were waiting outside an unlocked door uh, while the children were... This is, this is the
1: worst kind of analogy you could possibly make. But, of course, it was made by a Democrat in Al Gore.
7: Being massacred, they heard the screams, they heard the gunshots, and uh, nobody stepped forward. And God bless those families who've suffered so much. Oh, yeah, let
1: me go ahead, and I just want to say, God bless the families and everything. But honestly, yeah, this whole climate change thing is just like your children getting murdered. And law enforcement. And nobody doing anything about it.
7: officials tells us that's not typical of what Uh, Law enforcement usually does. This
1: is really twisted logic. This is the same kind of logic, like, like Elizabeth Warren has. Elizabeth Warren wants to put pregnancy crisis centers out of business because she says that they try to lure in women who want abortions and then uh, convince them to have their children. I mean, this is a kind of sick, twisted, taking what is sacred
7: to you, throwing it in your face, and twisting logic. Us, and. Confronted with this global emergency, what we're doing with our inaction and failing to walk through the door and stop the killing uh, is what are you doing
1: then? What are you doing as a champion of climate change and the destruction of the earth? What are you doing by living the high life, by flying everywhere you go in a giant private jet, by living in giant mansions, uh, people of your ilk, like Barack Obama, buying oceanfront property in a time that you say the oceans are rising? I would say that's more akin to somebody standing outside of a schoolroom door while children
7: are being killed. not typical of what we are capable of as human beings. We do have the solutions. And I think these extreme events that are getting steadily worse. and No,
1: no, no, no they're not actually. They, they never have. This is another lie that he has been touting for 30 years. He's been saying that, that weather events are getting worse. Where are they uh, as far as where you live? For, I live in Tornado Alley, for instance. I live in Tornado Alley. Okay, uh, normally you, you, you hear all sorts of uh, stories of tornadoes, of small towns getting hit and whatnot. Uh, there's tons of tornado footage. Uh, we are right now, where I live, just on the Kansas side of Kansas City, experiencing uh, no tornadoes at all very rarely if at all and it's been that way for a couple of years the same goes with um with hurricanes there used to be all sorts of hurricanes off the coast of florida hurricane andrew happened in 1993 there have been a couple hurricanes since then there was a hurricane that hit new orleans katrina but uh, then went through a period of of absolute quiet which we're in right now when is the last time you heard about a really bad hurricane off the coast of florida Yeah. Yeah. Here is Al Gore again saying uh, that this is going to get worse, but it's not
7: more severe are really beginning to change minds. We have to have uh, unity as a nation to come together and stop making this a political football. It shouldn't be a partisan issue.
1: Okay, Um, none of that is true. Uh, Last week where I live, it was hot and dry. Today it cooled down and it started to rain. This is not climate change. This is called summer. Yeah. Let's go to uh, Rob in Middle River, Maryland, wants to talk about uh, the governor of Maryland. Hello there, Rob, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today?
11: Oh, well, thank you for having me on, sir. First time, first time caller. Yes, sir. So I have a few statements I like to make about Larry. So I think a lot of people in Maryland have forgotten a number of things, but I've got an elephant memory. So here it goes. During during this COVID situation, Larry behaved like a tyrant. Uh-huh. He had closed all private businesses. The only businesses that were allowed to remain open under his rule were big big box stores like well, yeah, Target. All your uh, shopping, thank God. And, now when I, and when I say shopping, I mean like food shopping. Yeah. If you owned a small business, you were out of luck. Yeah. No hairdressers, no nail salons, no art galleries, no comic book shops, no uh, anything private. All the yes. gyms closed.
1: Hell yeah! Oh yeah! I Forgot about that.
11: Now I know it's it's you know I know this is two way radio. I can't hog it up, but I just want to make a few other facts.
5: Real
1: quick,
11: Larry had a snitch line too, of people reporting their neighbors yeah. for you know, disobeying. Like one lady and I saw this on social media got in trouble because she was trying to support her two daughters, okay, doing hairdressing privately, like she would go to people's homes and sure. she got reported this yeah. man is not a nice guy.
1: He mm-hmm. is not a nice guy. Now, 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 Rob, for those who, who are just tuning in, I started earlier about righto o Republicans uh, saying that Donald Trump is, uh, we need to put him in the rearview mirror of history. Larry Hogan, rather than uh, supporting uh, Dan Cox, who is the, uh, the candidate for Republican governor of Maryland, and Larry Hogan is dividing the party, saying that he knows the direction the party needs to go in, and Larry Hogan actually has bedded down with the left. That's what you're trying to say.
11: Absolutely. Okay. And he has done nothing, sir. I just voted in the primaries,
1: okay? Yes. yes.
11: There there are so many Republican people running. We know nothing about. He, he failed to get out the information. We know nothing about state's attorney, nothing about the sheriff, nothing about all these important positions, mm-hmm. state senators, controllers. We know nothing about these people. No information came out. Mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. him.
1: Yeah. Well, Rob, here's what I'm going to do. I've got to wrap things up here. Uh, do your research. Second of all, if you uh, hear people like Larry Hogan saying that Donald Trump is not the future of the Republican Party, I don't care who it is, um, realize that their days are numbered, they are rhinos, and they're the ones who are going to be left in the past. We've got to take a break. Come back in a second. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show.
0: Opinions are easy. Entertaining? Not so much.
1: It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. So I uh, did a lot of uh, reconnaissance this weekend. And, uh, and I've discovered that, uh, you know, if you're expecting any of the problems we are uh, experiencing right now to be solved anytime soon, as long as uh, Joe Biden is in charge, you'd be wrong. Uh, If you're thinking the supply chain is going to be fixed, you'd be wrong. If you are expecting gas prices to go down, the only reason gas prices are going down is because people can't afford to drive and so they're not driving as much. That's the reason. I mean, if you're getting this, you know, hallelujah, praise Jesus moment that your gas prices are down 40 cents, uh, guess what? The gas prices, where I am, still more than twice what they were when Donald Trump was the president. So they're thinking that this uh, this uh, uh, low, I guess, that's caused gas prices to come down because demand is down because people can't afford to fill their cars is some sort of uh, change economically in Biden policy. And things are really turning the corner. You'd be absolutely wrong. And I mentioned earlier, you're going to find out later this week that we are in a recession and that chances are, uh, I feel they're probably going to be worse than you could ever imagine. When, uh, when Barack Obama was running, we were in a, uh, uh, against George, uh, toward the end of George Bush's, uh, uh, you know, tenure, uh, the economy was terrible, everything was wrong, my God, oh, you know, it's awful. N- nothing compared to what we're going to find out, I believe, this week with regard to the economy. Another thing that I, that I went on Recon was with, with was, uh, I've been waiting for a new car for about eight, nine months now, and I was just told that it's going to be another two years. Uh, In uh, this country where you're just ordering a Ford, you should be able to get a Ford in in a reasonable manner. Um, but uh, the, for some reason, of course, uh, we have this supply chain issue. We suddenly can't get cars at all. I think a lot of this is uh, caused by the government. They're causing pain. But I saw this interesting story because uh, they're pushing us to buy electric cars, and, uh, and uh, people aren't buying it. Here's a report about how many people in this country really want the cars they're pushing on us
6: we're for cutting the cost of electric vehicles because when you have an electric vehicle then you're also going to be able to to save on gas you
2: think most americans are in a place right now where they can afford an electric vehicle no sir i don't do you own an electric vehicle
5: no do you
2: own an electric vehicle
4: no do you own an electric vehicle no no, I don't. Do you? Uh, no, but my daughter has a hybrid. Nah, I don't like them. I don't like I, You can't even hear them. I like engines. I like gas-powered
6: vehicles. You can already save money by owning an EV, because even though it's sometimes more this expensive is Pete front, Judge. Uh, You save on fuel, and you save on maintenance.
5: If people want electric cars, fine, but I believe the transition has, has to be done slowly.
1: There you go. And that's the issue right there. The Democrat Party should have gone with uh, a hybrid vehicle and then electric. But what they did was they decided to say, we're just going to go electric. And consequently, they've got cars that don't perform well in, uh, in cold and hot weather, and they aren't uh, able to be used for anything useful other than posing. All right? So no pickup trucks, no, uh, no heavy-duty uh, vehicles uh, are going to be electric anytime soon. And they've actually shot themselves in the foot. They've actually shot themselves in the foot. Uh, I haven't canceled my truck yet, but I'm seriously thinking about it. We will see. There's no reason why this should be happening. And the day that this is normal, not being able to buy the groceries you want, get the formula you want, buy the vehicle you want, uh, if, if these this can never be normal, right? And if we vote Republican in the fall, then we can stop it. All right, let's take a break. We're going to come back and wrap things up in just a second. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. If you get a chance to listen to the uh, podcast of the radio program, it is called The Rob Carson Show Podcast. We used to uh, do this, um, uh, you know, an abridged version of the radio program. We decided to put the whole thing up online. And so you can just go to NewsmaxTV.com and uh, and check out a, a slash podcast, I should say, and you'll find it there. It's on uh, all your digital platforms you normally expect. Uh, Listen, uh, we've got a big week in front of us and uh, had a lot of stuff on the plate today. We'll delve into some of the things we missed. In the meantime, check out the podcast and have a glorious day. We will be back tomorrow. Um, God bless you. God bless the unborn, our military first responders, and, uh, and, of course, you guys. And until tomorrow, whatever you do, don't catch the stoop, but I'll see you then.